From west to east and kingdom to kingdom, you're listening to the Diz Unplugged Connecting with Walt podcast. Connecting with Walt is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello and welcome to episode 156 of the Diz Unplugged Connecting with Walt podcast. I am your host and Diz historian, Michael Bowling, and I am joined by my co-host, producer, good friend, and CNN correspondent, Craig Williams. Craig, how are you today? I, I didn't earn the, the last part of your title there, but I am doing just dandy. How are you, Michael? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Okay, you got to tell us, how did you get on CNN this past week? Yeah, I, the <laughs> you know, the room that everyone's become so familiar with on YouTube is now made it onto the big time. Uh, but Really, uh, it just comes down to we have a friend that we have made through CNN. Her name's Natasha. I can't remember if she listens to Connecting with Walt, so she might. But uh, it's you know it was part of her story, and we've we've just gotten to know her so well that uh, with the with everything that's been happening recently with the parks reopening, and then also with Florida spiking in COVID cases, that kind of screwed up their plans to come down and cover it firsthand. So they were having to rely a lot on, on people who were actually going to the parks. So uh, she knew that I was, I was going to be, I was going to be going to all the, to everything as much as I could and try to hit every single one of the parks, especially with magic kingdom and the annual pass preview. So uh, when, when she knew that I went, then uh, she was hoping that I could share share my experience, and luckily I I had a decent experience, so I wasn't wasn't sharing anything uh, too scary or bad compared to, to compared to what could have been said. But yeah, so it just uh, you know it's you never know who you meet doing what we do. I mean, it's it, it we meet the most interesting people who start off as just listeners and. Mm-hmm. And then eventually we get the chance to meet and then it's, you know, it, it just find everyone does different weird things in this world as jobs. And you never know what, where that's going to take take you with it. So, yeah, it's I uh, got got the chance to do that. And a lot of people have said a lot of kind words. So you did a very good job. Yeah. I'm hoping to meet someone in this world who can get me into Pixar so I can see what goes on there. So. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> uh, well, well, some of you who uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel are thinking, hey, what's going on here? There is a Connecting with Walt video podcast. And yes, we are this we are celebrating the 65th anniversary of Disneyland with a special episode. And as we mentioned before, we will do video podcasts from time to time if the content we believe warrants it. And this is one of those episodes. So if you are listening to our audio, you might want to. Craig, where can they find the video of Connecting with Walt? The 
video of connecting with Walt, of course, is at youtube.com slash disunplugged. And then it will, uh, we have a connecting with Walt playlist that you can find in our playlist subsections from way back in the day when we used to post the audio version of the shows is just the connecting with Walt logo and nothing else, but just a way for people who like listening to audio podcasts on YouTube. It was an option. So there's a whole bunch of those still in there. I think episodes one through 20 and then bounces, uh, to, to now when we've, we've been messing around with video from time to time, but you can find it there. Or of course, hopefully if you're listening to this right now, it's still very recent. So if you go to our, our most recent uploads, you should still be able to find it. But if not, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. just scroll back a little bit, find the playlist with connecting with Walt and you'll be able to see it. Yeah, yeah. So this is fun for us. Speaking of the 65th anniversary of Disneyland, I, I got into, I, I bought 65th anniversary merchandise with, I don't know, seventy thousand other people. I got into that queue. Uh, was it yesterday? I think it was yesterday. Two days ago seemed like. Oh, that's right. Because I I was off work that day, and I had no idea I'd spend most of my day doing it. But um, yeah, so I, I logged on. And it, the weird thing is, I logged on with my iPad, like, uh, I don't know, three or four hours before it was supposed to go live. And with my laptop, like, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes before it was supposed to go live. And when it went live, I was about, I don't know, I don't remember what it was, a little over, there were only a little over 2000 people in front of me. And then on my iPad, which had been in queue first, it was, I don't know, almost 7,000 people ahead of me, something like that. So I, I don't quite know what was going on there, how it works. And for me, it seemed to go very smoothly. The only thing was, I first I bought stuff, I was buying merchandise for someone else as well. And so I got what I wanted, but then I realized I forgot the pins that he wanted and I wanted. And I couldn't get uh, annual pass holder pins because this is the one thing where I feel ripped off by Disney because they allowed the clock to run on our annual passes even though the park wasn't open, and at least here at Disneyland. And so my annual pass expired and in April. So that sort of ticked me off because I felt this should have just you know been a hold on it and all that. But... Um, so anyway, so it didn't count, but I used, I got my 10% discount from using my Disney visa. But I realized, oh no, I forgot the pins. And it wouldn't allow you, once you were on the checkout page, it didn't allow you to go back and add merchandise. And yeah, it, it, at least I couldn't figure out the way. So I checked out and thought, well, I still have my iPad. And so then I went through and uh, and I finally like, I would say on my laptop, it was 12, 12 noon when I got through. So a couple hours wait. So it wasn't too bad. And then on my iPad, it was probably 3.30 in the afternoon when I got in. And I did the pins. And then um, and then I thought, okay, I don't know which pin is which. So I clicked on the link to see the photos of them. And it took me out of the system. I couldn't get back in. And so I gave up, and then um, and then my friend that I was buying the items for, he had gotten into the queue. So by the time, and he was way back in line, by the time he got in, at least the pins were still available. 
So he was able to get the pins. So it was quite a circus. But I heard there were people until really late at night still in the queue. And by that time, most things were sold out. So it... At that point, I just wait for the 75th anniversary. Hopefully we're back in the parks <laughs> and it's a little bit more meaningful of an anniversary as well, too. So, Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, they all start showing up on eBay. I don't know why Disney allows 10 is the limit for items. Because, you know, who needs 10 of something? Yeah, it's that's what I'm confused about because there, I, you know, the question about Disney cracking down on eBayers is starting to come back up again. And it just doesn't make a sense. It doesn't make a lot of sense because they could squash it originally right from the start by limiting items to one or two per person. And, yeah. Uh, but they let it be. And then, you know, you, you start hearing, well, they're going to they're going to start pulling annual passes and they're going to start making it harder for them to actually get this stuff. But they're not actually they don't ever follow through with that. It seems <laughs> like maybe yeah. they make a couple people an example here and there, but they don't go they don't go harsh on it and so yeah i don't i don't think they're ever going to actually finish it because at the end of the day they just want to sell this stuff off and get their money out of it but then you also have to wonder like why are they undervaluing this stuff that they're selling if they were selling it for people are buying it at ebay prices because of scarcity so why not why not sell it at that to begin with and the ebayers probably wouldn't even fathom trying to sell it for double or they would and maybe i don't i don't understand that world (laughs) but if the demand is there then limit it to two per person and let all the people that are in the queue buy what they want so it's not like the stuff's going to sit there it's going to get sold so um anyway or or what really gets me is when it's a park exclusive and they say then they say up to 10 people so that then people in the park who are there you know, I mean, up to 10 items. And so then people in the park who are there can't get it. And that that really annoys me. Anyway, speaking of merchandise, though, I was watching the videos you did and Denny and all that of going into the Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom. And I realized, oh, I need to get my Diz face masks, you know, because they have filters in them, which I really like. So I ordered an It's a Small World mask. You know, that style, I really like that. And then I found out there's a Connecting with Walt mask with our logo on it. And I was so excited, so I bought one of those. See, I I didn't even know. I know that they're always updating this stuff regularly and Mm -hmm. switching stuff around and making sure some of the logos look better than others on masks. So I didn't even realize that that finally got in there, but... Yeah, it's sort of a burgundy colored, so that's good. It won't show my wine stains, you know. But um, yeah, and then there's a little connecting with Walt logo at the side, and all that. So um, yeah, so that was that's pretty cool. So hey, if you want it, if you have to buy a mask, get a get a connecting with Walt. You know, mask show show you're connecting with Walt pride, and all that. So um, we do have some good news. This is thanks to a listener, Sean. He he had heard our story about, you know, the reason why we discontinued and pulled story time with Michael. And he had the idea of going on, um, going to Project Gutenberg and fu- where we don't have to worry about copyright issues. 
because these are stories in public domain. And he's saying, and look up stories that Walt did films on and read the original story, which a lot of people don't know the original fairy tales. They only know the Disney version. I learned that when I was a teacher at university because I had to take a class on analyzing the fairy tales and the psychology of fairy tales. And I was the only one in the class. And so this is a room full of, well, it was, it was a seminar. It was so there's only like a dozen, you know, people going for their credential in the class. And there were, um, I was the only one that had read the stories. And, and I, that shocked me. And this was in the 70s when, you know, people were still reading books. And I was stunned. And um, so uh, anyway, so, and we thought, what a great idea. So we went on there and I looked and I have all those stories because I read the fairy books. And one of them, uh, the book that was on Project Gutenberg, I had in my library because my godmother gave it to me when I was nine years old. That's Andrew Lang's um, little... um, blue book of fairy tales and there are a lot of fairy tales in there that became disney films but i told craig my concern was you know people might not want to sit there there's not a lot of illustrations with these stories and i told craig people might not want me to sit there and and just watch me read the book and then tell how walt um then you know transform these into the films. That's what Sean's idea was. I could then tell how what Walt did to make them Disney films. And we thought that was a brilliant idea. But then, Craig, you came up with a good idea of how we could have images that wouldn't be subject to copyright issues. You want to share that with our audience? Absolutely, yeah. So uh, we one of the ideas that we been toying around with that we feel like might be the best is a user submitted uh, system where if you are an artist out there that you you want to share your artwork and you want to draw some art for these stories of course we would be more than happy to to feature you with it and it's it's going to be obviously on video so uh, it will be out there so everyone can see uh, of course you will get full credit of <laughs> that it being your artwork and and being that and it'll be on display and more than happy to to make sure we can uh, push anyone out there to to your etsy stores or wherever you might sell artwork so that way you can you can you know it, it, it make sure that if, if someone really likes your style and falls in love with it because of the stories then wants to have some of your original pieces we'll make sure that's also an option for you as well too so yeah it's and i we know there's a lot of creative people out there who watch watch all of our Diz shows and listen to connecting with walt and and there's a lot of people who have i don't want to say it in this way but they've had a lot of free time over the past couple of months and a lot of people out there are still going to have a lot of free time over the summer as things are still in this fluctuating states so uh, if you can even help us with it then you'll you'll get your artwork out there in the world and who knows who knows where it'll go from there so the Mm -hmm. the world's all of our oysters i believe is saying (laughs) i don't remember yeah yeah so what i wanted to do was share the uh stories that i'm considering and so we'll start with 
what whatever story we first get artwork for will be the first story to launch you know this new this rebirth of story time with michael so the ones that were in the andrew lang um book the little blue book of fairy tales is the sleeping beauty in the wood cinderella or the little glass slipper hansel and gretel snow white and rose red and i think that disney's considering making a live action of that and including the rose red section a part of the story is what i've heard yeah the little brave tailor and so the, so those are the first that's the first group so if you if there's any here that catch your eye these are available on pro, um project gutenberg you can download the books by the way or listen to them in audio so if you think you know i would really love to do the artwork for snow white and rose red you can listen to the book or download it from project gutenberg to get an idea for um maybe what scenes you would like you'd like to illustrate what you think are the best ones to illustrate and then um craig how can they get the artwork to us the easiest way is well kind of uh, work through work through that with email so uh it's well and figure out the easiest way to actually share that and talk about things like dimensions and such but uh the easiest way is making sure that you email both myself and michael so it's michael at wdwinfo.com and as well for me craig at wdwinfo.com and if you have trouble getting in touch with either of us through email, can't do it. Of course, at the end of this show, we share our personal social medias. And then anytime you you want, you can always uh, reach out to at Connecting Walt on Twitter and send over a message to. And uh, mm-hmm. one way or another, we'll be able to get in touch and talk more about yeah. it. Yeah, but I think this is an exciting way that you can be a part of the show and a part of the video portion of the show and then and highlight your talent and your artwork and of course yes and as craig said you will be mentioned on the video probably at the beginning and again at the end as well as if your signature is on the artwork when it's displayed of course it'll be on there as well and then on the video we would as craig said we would point people to where they can see more of your work and uh and so i think this is going to be fun so i'm yeah yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to seeing uh, what stories people choose to illustrate and uh, and and what we get. So, anyway, it is. It's going to be good. Uh, to, oh, just a reminder for speaking of future episodes and things. Um, we are going to be doing a series on the Man in Space series. It's currently on Disney Plus. So you'll take a, check it out. It's Man in Space and then um, Mars and Beyond are the two of the episodes in that series that's aired. We're going to talk about all of them in that series. But I know a lot of you like to, if we're talking about uh, content that's available for viewing, um, Disney content, a lot of you like to watch it in advance so that you have a deeper understanding of what we're talking about. So you want to watch those two um, because it'll be coming up in a few weeks and um, i saw i was very excited to see last week i talked about i was talking about the virtual uh, talks that the walt disney family museum is doing that 
in in the Don Hahn talk, he mentioned he was just had just signed the agreement with Disney Plus to show his documentary on Howard Ashman. And I saw today it is going to debut on August 7th on Disney Plus. So that I'm looking forward to seeing that the trailer looks really good that they have for it. It's very exciting. I feel like I feel like you and I were even talking about this. Maybe it was on the show. Maybe it was off the show. I feel like we were just recently saying, like, when will this actually come out? Because it mm-hmm. has been it's been a while in the making. And I, I cannot wait. I, I was seeing just advertisements for it all day. So uh, Disney's clearly very proud about about the work being done on this and and they are they are ready for the world to see it so i i know what i'll be watching on that day oh absolutely and don han makes such good documentaries um this i know this is going to be excellent so i'm looking forward to it so and and speaking of future episodes again, I mentioned last week I am having surgery on July 23rd, and there is a I'll be in a hospital for a few days, but then there is a three week recovery period. I don't know how soon will I be able to return to the show. I it could be within a week of the surgery, and um, or it may be you know three weeks. So there is a chance that Craig will be you know having to go through the moat and saying the secret password and fighting the knight at the who guards the the disunplugged vault in order to pull a few things off the shelves um uh, from connecting with Walt in order to replay those um for you. So um so I know he'll choose some good good ones from um well usually you pull them from the Disneyland series. So yeah. So I'm sh- we we still have a lot to pull from your, your Disneyland at sixty series. So I think we mm-hmm. we got like four or five episodes from the end for the last time that that you were down from the count for a little bit. But mm-hmm. so still still lots of good stuff. I mean, there's still I think we have like twenty more episodes that we could pull. Oh my from. gosh! Like <laughs> not just from the Disneyland one, but just. You know, even the stuff that Michael has done on some of the films and and other there's a there was a lot of good Michael content that was on the the Disneyland edition feed, which you can, of course, always go over and find anytime, even though the show no longer exists. It's still always available to download. And then if you uh, if you want to do that or just wait, wait till it comes to our feed, because eventually it'll all be over here anyways. Yeah, sooner or later. Okay, thank you. And and thank you again for everybody who sent me well wishes and prayers and pixie dust because I um I definitely appreciate it and I know they will help on July 23rd and during my recovery. In past episodes, we've enjoyed going back in time to Disneyland and the Magic Kingdom to talk about how we would use our ticket books of the era. As part of our celebration of Disneyland's 65th anniversary this year, Craig and I are going to visit the Disneyland of May 1977. Of course, this trip to the past wouldn't be the same without our traveling companion and my colleague from the classic Diz Unplugged Disneyland Edition podcast, Tony. And so, Tony, welcome back to Connecting with Walt. I'm excited. So now you were telling. No, I us- know I was real. I was really uh, 
really talkative there. I just said I'm excited, but I am. I'm just so excited. That's I don't want good. to give away why I'm excited about this trip to Disneyland for us. Oh, okay. Well, I know you said this was this was the year that it was your first trip. Yes, so that is why I'm excited. So uh-huh. um, when I saw the year, and I have pictures somewhere, my family wasn't a big Disney family, but um, I rem- they had moved from Michigan out to California. I was born in 73. I think 70 – I think it might have been – 76 or 77 like it was very close and then we i remember going to disneyland that young there's a picture so i could have actually been at disneyland in 77 at the worst case scenario 78 so i'm going to re-experience this as a four-year-old excellent excellent well and of course you know we have said in the past that we would use video we would do a video podcast when we felt, uh, you know, the content supported it. And that's what we're doing. We thought, you know, we'll bring you into our discussion of our visit to Disneyland of May 1977. So in episode 130, we traveled back to the Disneyland of 1966. And, well, a lot has happened in 10 years. Uh, In December of 1966, at 9.35 a.m. on December 15th, Walt Disney uh, passes away of cancer. Uh, He had been recovering from surgery a month earlier to remove one of his lungs. His brother Roy takes charge of the Disney Entertainment Empire. In January of 1967, Pirates of the Caribbean premieres. Tomorrowland opened six new attractions, including the Carousel of Progress, Flight to the Moon, and a redesigned rocket jets. The first daily operating people mover system in the United States also begins its operation. In January of 1968, the Mark III monorails debuted. And on January 21st, Pirates of the Caribbean to the World of Tomorrow aired on television. This special took viewers on their first ride through Pirates of the Caribbean and gave a tour of the newly reopened Tomorrowland. It featured lots of behind-the-scenes footage of the construction of both. In August 1969, a haunted mansion opened. In July 1970, Disneyland had its 15th anniversary celebration. And in August of 1970, hippies protesting the Vietnam War invade the park on August 6th. Now, some parades down Main Street, USA, and they speak of liberating Minnie Mouse. Others take over Fort Wilderness on Tom Sawyer's Island, yank down the 15-star American flag, and raise a Viet Cong flag in its place. The protest escalates when the park is ordered closed at 7 p.m. and 30,000 guests are escorted out. Trash cans are set on fire and rocks and debris are thrown at police, blocking the main gate. And police make 23 arrests. December 1970 at 11.45 p.m. on December 20th, Roy Disney passes away from a cerebral hemorrhage at the age of 78. In January 1972, the Main Street Electrical Parade, which uses 500,000 twinkling lights, winds its way through the park for the first time. Bear Country becomes the park's seventh theme land. Attractions include Davy Crockett's Explorer Canoes, the Indian Trading Post, and the Country Bear Jamboree. 
In January of 1973, the Walt Disney Story opens on Main Street, USA. The exhibit includes memorabilia and pictures from the family's archives and a short film on the founder's life. In January of 1974, America Sings, a review of the nation's musical history, premieres in Tomorrowland's rotating carousel theater. And in January 1975, Mission to Mars, an updated version of Flight to the Moon, opens, and America on Parade, honoring the nation's bicentennial premieres. In December 1976, the Gorillas Camp is added to the Jungle Cruise attraction. In January 1977, Space Mountain opens after two years of construction. The $20 million attraction costs more than Walt Disney spent to build the entire park in 1955. Now, if you want to hear more stories about all of these events, check out my series, 60 Years of Disneyland, from our classic Disneyland edition podcast. And a link to those episodes is in our show notes. So a little about what was going on in Disneyland in 1977. Disneyland's annual park attendance was 10.9 million guests. The park was open approximately 312 days. The average number of daily guests was 34,936 people. That that sounds like a half-empty park today. Hmm. (laughs) This was an increase in ticket sales from the previous year. There were 58 uh, attractions, exhibits, and arcades open in 1977. And the People Mover in Tomorrowland gets a super speed tunnel added to its route. The Mine Train Through Nature's Wonderland is closed to make way for a new attraction. And the park is still closed on Mondays and Tuesdays during the off-season. So let's fill up our family car for 65 cents a gallon and head over to Disneyland. After paying the 50 cent parking fee, we'll ride a tram over to one of the outer ticket booths. Ticket books in the summer of 1977 cost between $5.50 and $7.50, depending on age and how many tickets you wanted. And this included the price of admission. So, Craig, do you want to uh, tell us a little more about the ticket books and what we'll be using today to get into the park? Absolutely. So Disneyland ticket books are still the most common way for guests to enjoy the Magic Kingdom. Both the Big 11 and Jumbo 15 ticket books include admission to Disneyland and a selection of rides and attractions using A, B, C, D, and E coupons. Members of the Magic Kingdom Club and their families can purchase an all-inclusive Magic Kingdom Club passport, which includes unlimited use of all attractions and is worn as a tag attached to guests' shirts or blouses. I'd want that. An adult (laughs) passport in 1977 cost $7.50. Now, I remember those. I would wear this. I remember wearing those. They gave you a tiny little gold safety pin. I had one. My dad worked for the VA, so that must have been how he got it. That one trip. I remember that vividly. That was part of our benefits when I was a teacher was the Magic Kingdom Club. Yeah, I was so I rem- excited. That was the best part of being a teacher. <laughs> I, I remember once this is I don't not to get all deep in Dr. Phil with everybody, but I don't have a um, there's certain memories that I hold. And I remember 
And I remember, I hope this is right, and you will correct me if, I, if, if I've made this up. So please. But I think we were eating in the Blue Bayou. Was that still, was that there at that time or oh, whatever yeah. the rest? Okay, good. So, so far I'm not making this up. And my parents let us go on, they stayed eating and let us go on Pirates on our own. And I remember that little tag. Like, I remember that, can we go on it again? And we could. And I just... I vividly remember that, that little yeah. card. I'm showing the cameras, but the, yeah. where you'd have it on your shirt. Yeah, so. we felt so important. Yes. Little did we know what was to come in the future. Yes. <laughs> and I wasn't born, so there was that. <laughs> uh, ten years later, I'd come along. But uh, for this, tonight, Michael has generously provided us with the big 11-ticket book. Uh, not the Not the passport, so unfortunately, but... Uh, yeah, we're going to use the Big 11 ticket book from his collection, and it includes admission to the park and a selection of attractions. Now, we have a 1A coupon, 1B coupon, 2Cs, 3Ds, and 4Es. So going over the list of the attractions we're going to be playing with today, for the A coupon, that's good for one attraction again, at Main Street, we have the Fire Engine. Horse-drawn streetcars, horseless carriages, Main Street Cinema, and the Omnibus. And back in Fantasyland, we have either King Arthur Carousel or Sleeping Beauty's Castle. The B coupon, again, good for one attraction. We have in Fantasyland, Alice in Wonderland, the Casey Jr. Circus Train, Fantasyland Theater, the Motorboat Cruise, and in Frontierland, the Shooting Gallery, then in Adventureland, we have the Big Game Shooting Gallery and Swiss Family Treehouse. The C Coupon in Tomorrowland, we have Adventure Through Inner Space, Autopia, and Mission to Mars. In Fantasyland, we have Autopia, Dumbo Flying Elephants, Mad Tea Party, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, Peter Pan's Flight, Snow White's Adventures. Scary? Snow White's Scary Adventures or Snow White's Adventures? That's how it appeared on the ticket book. It said oh. Snow White's Adventures, and then in parentheses it said Scary. Yeah. And, and I added the question mark at the end, so <laughs> just for that. And then in Frontierland, the Mike Fink Keelboats. And for the D coupons, we have three attractions in the D category. We have the Disneyland Railroad Trains Through Grand Canyon and Primeval World, America Sings, Disneyland Railroads through, sorry, Main Street was Disneyland Railroad, obviously. Tomorrowland, we have America Sings, the Disneyland Railroad again, uh, People Mover, Rocket Jets, and Skyway to Fantasyland. In Fantasyland, we have the Skyway to Tomorrowland, the Storybook Land Canal Boat. In Frontierland, the Mark Twain Steamboat, Rafts to Tom Sawyer Island, and Sailing Ship Columbia. In New Orleans Square, we have the Disneyland Railroad once again. And in Bear Country, we have Davy Crockett's Explorer Canoes. And for our e-coupon, four choices, of course. Tomorrowland, we have the monorail to the Disneyland Hotel and return. Space Mountain, a roller coaster type attraction, if you could believe it. Uh, and then Submarine Voyage. In Fantasyland, Matterhorn Bobsleds. And It's a Small World. In Bear Country... We have the Country Bear Jamboree. In New Orleans Square, we have Haunted Mansion and Pirates of the Caribbean. In Adventureland, we have Jungle Cruise and the Enchanted Tiki Room. So that is everything we are playing with today. So, do we want to get started? 
Yeah, yeah, okay. Craig. I'm going to let you sort of lead us through the park here like okay. you have in the past. Well, we are starting with the A coupon. And, of course, we each get one attraction. And since Tony is the guest, I feel like he has to be the one to start this off. So, Tony, what are you taking with your A coupon? So remember, today's trip is me reliving as best I can from memory what I would have gone on when I was four or what I, my mother and I would have gone on where my dad and them went on scarier rides, whatever that means, right? Um, and so as a three to five-year-old, I don't remember much about fire engines, but I know that I would have been really excited as a little kid to see a bus with a second story on top of it. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to pick the omnibus just for the whimsy of a second story for a four-year-old that I get to go upstairs and sit outside and, or at least the windows and stuff and, and drive down the street. So that's what I'm going to pick. You get a wonderful view of main street too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so, it's especially when, when it, if we were there at Halloween, you get to see all the pumpkins on the second floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My granddaughter loves riding up there because you get to see everything. So what I love about it being 77 and me re- trying to relive is again, not like, going to get all touchy feely, but that's what makes Disneyland great. Cause I was excited to look at this through my eyes as a four year old mm-hmm. and how exciting the omnibus was when as an adult, I might ignore it. Good choice. Thank you. Do you want to go Michael? Sure. For me, you know, it's tough because every time I go to Disneyland, I like to, I decided I'm going to ride a different main street vehicle when I go. And it's, so this was tough for me. So, but you know, I decided I'm going to go into Sleeping Beauty Castle because I, um, this is a different iteration. You know, when we traveled before, when it was 10 years prior that they still had the Ivan Earl, uh, you know, um, the dioramas up by this time, I believe the Ivan Earl dioramas had been replaced and they are now looking more like the dioramas they have in the windows of the Emporium. And back in the day, the Emporium windows changed every year to promote whatever Disney film was coming out. It isn't like today where they're there for 10 years or something. And um, so I want to go and see now these dioramas from um, Sleeping Beauty Castle. Very, very good choice. So I wish I could be joining you, but I think I'm going for a spin on the carousel. So I know it doesn't really go anywhere and you you kind of end up right back along where you you start out at. But it's uh, it, it's a good choice. You know, I feel like feel like 77 uh, horses are probably a big thing. I know they were in the, the 80s still. People people liked horses and eventually that morphed into my little pony so i feel like uh i'd get into the horse culture of the late 70s that i don't know whether or not it exists <laughs> but i have no idea <laughs> but you're you're riding the carousel members in a different location too because it was um this is old fantasy land mm-hmm. so it's pushed back a little and then dumbo's right on the other side of it yep. so good views good views mm-hmm. of the area but that's our A choices. So for our B choices, again, we have one coupon, and I'm going to let Michael kick this one off. Okay. Gosh, this is so hard, too. You know what's curious is that in Fantasyland, this is the, the 
only dark ride attraction with a B coupon Mm -hmm. is Alice in Wonderland. And I love Alice in Wonderland. I loved the old version. This is one attraction that I think was vastly improved in its last upgrade. Um, But, but, you know, this still has the, you know, upside down room. And I think I wrote it the last time, too. And uh, so I'm going to write it again. Because I've always enjoyed this attraction. I would completely agree with you on this one. Uh, it almost feels like a a gimme in a way. Uh, I know Tony's will probably be different since he's doing this from a different perspective. But yeah, mm-hmm. Alice in Wonderland being in the, the B coupon list, that just seems like, you know, it, maybe they let it go into a state of disrepair at this time that. It just was falling apart. So I like, oh, just downgraded a little bit from what it, it used to be. But uh, it's just, you know, how could you not choose that? There's a lot of great stuff on there. You know, the mm-hmm. circus train and the treehouse. But oh, oh and the motorboat cruise. Oh, my. How could you not go on that? I, you, <laughs> where else in the world could you go on motorboats other than Disneyland? You just couldn't. So. I, I totally get that, but yeah, it's it's for me. It had to be Alice. But what about you, Tony? Well, I'm I'm you know trying to jog my memory, and I swear we went on the motorboat cruise. And as a four year old, I would have died to go on that thing. And I'm thinking, as a four year old boy, back in the seventies, I wouldn't have liked Alice because she was a girl. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. late seventies. So I apologize that I know we don't do that anymore, but as a four-year-old and my parents didn't show me a lot of the movies. So it's funny that I became, got onto a podcast cause I kind of learned everything later. But, um, so I don't know if they had the same connection with the movie. So I think motorboat cruise, because that would have been neat. And then I'm thinking we came from Michigan. So this seems like a California ish thing to do. And of course I'm a little kid, so I want to drive everything. So mm-hmm. definitely the motorboat cruise. And when I was looking up at pictures of it, it made me sad that it's no longer there. <laughs> yeah, it was very popular. It was basically a topia on the water. So I almost chose Swiss Family Treehouse because I love the film. I still do. And uh, I thought the treehouse was just amazing. And I don't care for the Tarzan redress, but it did save the treehouse. So I have to be happy about that. But I, that's why I like when I go to the Magic Kingdom, I go on the treehouse, you know, because um, because of that. As do I. I love the Swiss Family Treehouse. That was highlighted as a possible second choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me I too. Love that. Yeah. yeah, Craig, I thought you'd go for the shooting gallery because you always go for a shooting gallery. I, I do enjoy a good shooting gallery. But again, it just it comes down to. Alice being at a B ticket. I mean, if yeah. if Alice was mixed in here with the C coupon, it would have been really tough. But uh, it's uh, I I'm not I'm playing my age in this mm-hmm. as of right now. But back in 1977, and I'm going to take the the time where I can get off my feet, even if it's just for <laughs> two and a half minutes. I'm going to relax a little bit and and take off a load and you know i'll go i'll go fire real guns somewhere else i don't i'm not (laughs) sure i I don't know about gun laws back in 1977 uh i i didn't do that i I, I don't know (laughs) 
<laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. I contacted my brother. Well, he doesn't respond to text. So his wife and I said, do you remember how old you were when we went to Disneyland? Because if he's older, he's six years older than me, he would vouch for this. And he said he thinks nine or ten. He was born in 68. So, yes, 77. I'm like, okay. I'm here. This Great. is all. I just, I'm just corroborating my memory to make sure I wasn't imagining <laughs> this beautiful childhood experience that I just saw on TV somewhere. So, yeah, it would be years later you'd be arrested at the park. Exactly. <laughs> we'll get to that year someday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> okay. Okay, let's move on to the C coupon and we get two in the C category and I'm going to go ahead and kick it off and I'm going to choose Mission to Mars. So, uh, as of right now, it's been a couple of years since we've been to Disneyland, and I I haven't seen it yet. And, you know, even though the excitement of all those times that we went to the moon has, has worn off, we still have Mars to look forward to one day. And mm-hmm. uh, there's still a lot of excitement built out around that. So between the fact that I want to go to Mars and the fact that it's still a newish attraction that I'm, I'm excited to experience. I'm going to, I'm going to take mission to Mars for my first choice. So, uh, Tony, what for you? Hey, okay. So now, you know, my memory was coming back and now we can verify that I'm not making it up. And, uh, I went on adventure through inner space. I remember that vivid. I remember that vividly with my mom. Now I'm, you know, now I need to go see a psychoanalyst because I don't remember anything with my father, and he was there. He must have done all the fun stuff with my brother, and my mom and I did all the the things he that held, are. Not he held as... the camera. There's there's no yeah. evidence of me being with my children because I was okay. That makes camera. you feel a little better. <laughs> now I want to go back home and like dig through. They have just boxes of mismatched photos to find proof of some of this stuff. But um, yes, I adventured through inner space and had an Omni mover and didn't it have the um, screen where it, they kind of like you're going in. I don't even know how to explain. You know what I'm talking about? The oh, screen when you got it, shrunk down. Yes, exactly. Yes, I remember that. Atom. Oh, and, and when you're in the queue, you saw the people getting shrunk Yes, as they were going through. And, you know, you yeah. tried to find, okay, which, where were they in the line? Is that them? And what's because, of course, still, you believed it. Yeah, and what's funny <laughs> is, I like, I still love that the Omnimover ride still. Mm-hmm. And even if you look at Spaceship Earth is, in Epcot is similar, not exactly but in the it's you're just looking at stuff and you're going through the omni mover and you're going up and i yes adventure through inner space mm. well uh, i'll be uh, i'll be riding with you uh, i love right. this attraction when i was a boy um, I, when i was a strange an man riding with us on adventure through <laughs> inner space well we didn't invite your family <laughs> on this track but uh yeah i love this attraction it was just seems so clever it was this was one where it was educational and fun at the same time the effects were cool but they were really simple and um and and so yeah you get down here you're the size of a you, know, you get down to the size of an atom in this melting snowflake but you learn all kind you learn about neutrons and you know, all kinds of stuff. The thing that creeped me out was the giant eye as we're getting brought back out and that big giant eye looking at you. I just gasped. I was muted. All of a sudden I remembered that. Like as soon as you said it, it came back to me. Oh yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. 
And then, and then when you got out, they had an exhibition on like all of Monsanto, who's the sponsor, all of their, um, oh, oh, you know, their, their things they'd created or coming up with. And I remember they had one on the fabrics they had created, like, you know, the, 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 the futuristic polyester and how it stretched and all that. They had this hilarious thing that I don't know who designed it, but there's this, you, you, Craig, you spoke about horses. It was this, it was like this two dimensional sort of, I don't know. It, it was made out of plywood, I'm sure. And I, I still remember this. And so the lady's riding on the horse and you see sort of the rear end of the horse and then it's face out there and she's riding on it and as the horse is galloping she's bouncing and her butt is sort of bouncing with the horse and you and her legs are sort of flailing out and it demonstrates how polyester stretches and and i still remember that hmm. i don't know why <laughs> and uh but yeah this was a terrific attraction and you know it it kept its popularity until they closed it it's not like the audiences dwindled for it. It's just they needed the space for you know a new attraction. Well, and I am joining on this as well too. So it is uh, another chance to get off the feet for for a while, more than a lot of the other choices here in the C coupon category. But then also too, I'm just it's as a person in 2020 right now that looks back at the history of Disneyland. This is one of those uh, that we talk about so many times on this plus mind train that like for me now, these are like the ones that hurt. Like if I could go back in a time machine, these are, that's one of the attractions that I would want to experience. And uh, I, I, I would give anything, but I don't think we're quite there yet with science. Maybe, you know what, <laughs> if they can shrink us down to the size of an atom, then maybe one day they'll be able to uh, send us back in time. But uh, Tony, what's your second choice out of here? Four-year-old Tony is going on Dumbo mm -hmm. because that's the epitome of the right age for that ride. Absolutely. It's not scary flying, but it's flying. And then there's cute Dumbo elephants. And I still to this day, elephants are my favorite animal. So I'm sure I went on that. And as a four-year-old, I can see myself with a big smile on my face flying around in Dumbo, just as when you see the kids now loving that ride still mm -hmm. so much so that they had to build a second pod <laughs> in Florida. So yes, Dumbo. And Michael, I, I will never miss an opportunity when we go back in time and our little carousel of progress way back machine, it, the Mike Finn keelboats. Mm hmm. That I like that attraction so much. It was such a unique way to go around Rivers of America. And little did we know that it was so precarious that you could fall into the river. <laughs> but uh, th just the spiel that the keelboat captains gave, it was so hilarious. And then they, they, they would have this little rivalry with the, 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 um, the guys who are on the canoes and it, it was just so much fun. And it, it was cool being that close to the water, especially I always wanted to sit on top. So that's where I would go for. So it was neat because there was nothing around you as you're perched up there on top. And, and, you know, you'd go and you really realize, as you do when you're in the canoes, how big the large ships are that go around there because you have to steer clear of them. 
and you know so the columbia might come by you or the 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 mark twain and and you're really looking up at them so uh it's great fun and and you got great views of the scenes that were along the banks and on tom sawyer island so mike finn keelboats for me that is a good choice. I think we all made good choices for the C tickets, and that will lead us on to our D tickets. And we get three of these. Uh, you know, a lot of you could use all three on the railroad if you really wanted to. Maybe Michael will. <laughs> so, Michael, yeah. what are you doing first? Well, since I'm already in Frontierland, uh, getting off a keelboat. I'm taking a raft to Tom Sawyer Island because this is the old Tom Sawyer Island. This is before the lawyers got in and made it safe. (laughs) And um, so they still have all the things you can climb on. They have teeter-totter rock. The the, uh, fort is still open and you can go in there and climb and run all around and shoot your rifle from the from the towers and going to the stockade and they, that's where now the scene with um, Davy Crockett is in there and and um, and then there's a tunnel an escape tunnel that you can take out of the the fort and leads you to other to other places on the island and anyway it was great and had so much fun there and if you fell. You know, your mother pulled a Band-Aid out of your purse and put it on and told you to watch where you were going and sent you on your way (laughs) to climb some more. So that's what I'm going to do. Tony, are you getting in on that? Yes, I am. And originally I wasn't. And then as he started describing it, I all of a sudden my memories came back with my brother and I like running around. And when you mentioned the tunnel to the other side, yes. Like I remember that and I just got chills. That's crazy. Um, that was so fun as a kid. That's all you want to do. That would be like your best part of your day is just being able to run around and you're imagining at the same time. Mm -hmm. It was, I missed the seventies for that where you could just do it. You just run around and climb, scrape, like scrape in the tunnel and still you wouldn't, you just got out and kept going. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And it was the best time for your parents, too, because they could sit on a bench and rest. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> well, I'll be waving at you guys as I am paddling along on the Davy Crockett's Explorer canoes. So, I mean, in 1977, I'm sure it's a it's a trip to be paddling around the rivers of America. But, I mean, even in... <laughs> Even in this day and age, every single time I'm at Disneyland and I see that the the canoes aren't running, whether it's you know off season, cold weather, or what, whatever you have, I get so bummed out. I love the canoes. I don't mm-hmm. love when you're getting splashed by that kid who can't reach their paddle in the water, so <laughs> they just slap the top. But I, it's just you know, I I had opportunities to to actually canoe when i was growing up and stuff but it's there's something different about canoeing around a theme park it there's just something Mm -hmm. really really special about that yeah and i think it's wonderful that disneyland has kept that open Mm -hmm. because it is so much fun it's a lot of work because you know halfway around most people you know half your canoe's given up yeah 
And um, so you're really putting a lot of effort into it. But yeah, I love the canoes. I hope they never get rid of them. No, I, I actually like being that second half hero. I, I kind of just fake it <laughs> on that first half when everyone gets tired. And then I start digging in. I'm like, what? No one else is doing this. It's just me. So then I look like the... Uh, I look like the the big man who should be working there in the cut off sleeves that are way <laughs> too tight for everyone. But uh, Michael, oh, oh, and you you know those those guys that do the canoes and they have those sleeves with the and their huge bulging biceps. Oh, you know they're so proud. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. Oh, uh, That's what I would do. I mean, I've got I've got wimpy arms, uh, as you can see if you're actually watching this. Like that's. That's what I want to be paddling so much that I'm just I get completely ripped on there. But yeah, that you're and then you have to rip off your sleeves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where I lost control of that. So, Michael, what's your next pick? Oh, I'm heading over to Tomorrowland because I am going to clap my hands to America Sings as I journey around uh, the history of American folk songs. I have no idea why this is in Tomorrowland, but I loved it. It was so much fun. In its heyday, which it is right now, it was so much fun to be in in those, in those crowded theaters with everybody clapping, people singing along with some of the songs, and the audio animatronics were fantastic. Uh, and of course, we all waited for the little pop goes the weasel, you know, to pop out. And um, and it's sad because those songs aren't taught anymore, you know, because they were still taught when I was a boy in class and when you went to Boy Scout camp and 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 all that. Because you, know, you sung them around the campfire, you sung them in the classroom, and and you know, I remember when I um started teaching and all that and i was surprised when the children didn't know those old folk songs but they 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 sang as i said i asked them okay tell me what songs you know and it was the jingles to television commercials (laughs) and i thought okay this is just sad so i i taught taught it to them so all those songs so i i this is a terrific attraction so it died a slow death you know, and then they got resurrected, a new life on Splash Mountain. But um, yeah, I'm going to sing with America. And I will be with you on America Sings, uh, you know, more for the Splash Connection and wanting to see the original roots of what ended up becoming Splash Mountain with the reuse of all the characters. So as someone traveling back from 2020 right now, as Splash is going to eventually be making its next progression in the great scheme of things, I want to I want to go back to see where in Disneyland, those original animatronics, where they really where they really came from. And, you know, I'm, I'm slightly similar. I'm slightly not similar i'm slightly uh familiar with the soundtrack just from listening to it on on different websites mm-hmm. and disney radios and such so I, I i like what i've heard so i'm willing to use a ticket on it but mm-hmm. tony what's your next one i will be with you guys mm-hmm. uh because probably i'm going to look at it from a different perspective i'm guessing that coming from michigan we were probably hot and tired and not used to sun like that um I was four, th- anywhere from three and a half to four and a half. We we figured out with my brother, and it's and I'm going to be controversial here, but back in the '70s, I know I did not have a stroller, so I oh, was walking around. 
My, yeah. there, there were no strollers yeah. in the parks in those days. Yeah, so I'm sure I was probably tired and would want to go to some place that was sitting down and cooler, but also the exciting piece of the animatronics and the stage moves. Mm-hmm. Us Midwesterners, I can't imagine how exciting that was to see a stage moving and you sat and stayed in your seat. So I'm pretty sure we went on it. And even if we didn't, then that was a mistake because we should have gone on it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand when, when in the United States did children lose the ability to walk and that everybody has a stroller because when I was a little boy, I know the first time we went, but I was like, I was one year old, you know, and the park was like two years old. And Mm -hmm. I know I was in a stroller because my mother talked about it because we went with family and, and they had a triple stroller or something because we were all in one. Because my mother talked about what a bear that thing was. Because, oh, my, we were all the same age. And then all the kids. And so, um, but it, my next visit, I was walking because I, we have photos and I'm hanging on. The skirts were longer yeah. in the 50s. And I'm hanging on to my mother's skirts or her hand or something. But I'm walking around that park with everybody, so I don't get it. And in our photos, you don't see strollers. No. And so well, I, I don't understand what happened to To children. make it more go back in time, I remember we drove up from San Diego in our family car, which was the Honda Civic. Mm-hmm. It was not a big suburban SUV with DVD in the back. But I remember our little blue Honda Civic. And... For people that don't know, look them up. They were tiny. Oh, oh well, Carol talks about when her family drove down, her, her dad had a van. And there were no seats in the van except for mom and dad in the front. They had lawn chairs That's that amazing. all the kids sat in in the back. And when my parents and we drove down in our van, the, there was a middle bench. But my parents threw um, mattresses in yeah. the back. And we in the hopes we would sleep yeah because highway five wasn't built so it was a long drive and um (laughs) so it's it's funny uh, how we survived all that (laughs) i i would say so so uh (laughs) that that's a lot i'm glad that i was uh 10 years later than all this. Well, it, even more in some cases. But uh, my final decoupon ticket uh, that I'm using is for the people mover. So I want to I wanna take a nice, relaxing ride all around Tomorrowland. You know, keep keep up with that kinetic motion of the entire land that, that runs throughout it. See the little bit of the upgrades to it. Just... You know, ride ride the people mover like people who are in Walt Disney World in 2020 love riding the people mover to this day and I'll make all the Disneylanders jealous over it. So that's my final yeah. use. Who's joining me on it? Oh, I will I be. Okay. No, we, we all went on the same ride pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. We're all going on the people. Mover. Oh, yeah. How can you not? And this people mover was so cool because you get the track is still there rotting away. And um, but you can see it's it doesn't hug the buildings, which is one of its downfalls. It, you know, you're out and about and you're up above the submarine, well, up above Autopia and you're going everywhere. And there there is nothing around you except <laughs> you're in that car up there and you're going up hills and, and everything. I mean, it was an amazing trip. 
and and you go out over Tomorrowland, you know, the entrance to Tomorrowland and all that. I mean, it it was remarkable back in the day. And unfortunately, and the idea that this was what the future was going to be like yeah. this, they're going to be everywhere. And and just and it just seems like even still and I'm going back to now being at Disney World and going on it, but a good bang for your buck. Like the line is never I don't remember what it was in 77. Well, probably wasn't like it was now, but um, you, you get on and you get a decently long ride and there's different things to see and just there's so much to it. There's 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 depth to it. There's mm-hmm. you could go on and just because you're moving in like the kinetic energy that Craig was saying, or you could just want to see what you can see in the park. And then when you go into the little other areas where you can see things that are, were designed for you to see them, I just think it's a great, great ride. Yeah. And this had the super speed tunnel and it was such a hoot because, you know, as you're going along and then it has, and they had something like this in, um, Oh gosh! And it was just in my head. It it was in Tomorrowland at the um, flight. What what was it called, Craig? It was in Tomorrowland at the Magic Kingdom. We talk about it all the time. If you if you if had you wings. had wings, if you had wings, they had a similar effect. Uh, where uh, you know, it, as you're going through this tunnel, and then coming at you were were fast cars, and I think motorboats, and and all with hard cuts and all this stuff. So you, you felt like you were just going at an amazing speed, and you know you're just chugging along. Yeah. So it was a very cool effect. And then years later, they changed it to the World of Tron, and so you had all those Tron you know, vehicles flying at you and all that. It was very cool. It was a cool, simple, but cool effect. All very good choices for our D coupons. And now we are hitting the big boys, the e-tickets. And we have four of those, but I mean, it's, we could easily, we could easily upgrade to that passport. So that way we could do everything (laughs) on this list is, as much as we want, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and kick off the e-coupon as well, too, and I'll go with, I think, is an obvious for maybe even Michael, too, but an obvious for many people, and that's Space Mountain, that roller coaster type attraction. You know, it's it doesn't have dust on it yet. It's it's new. It's exciting. It's fast. It's, it's in space or seemingly is in space, and I... Uh, what what else could you want to do? And you know what? I might I might be getting old, but I I can still handle a couple thrill rides a day. And I think I was saving up uh, saving up my energy for for Space Mountain in particular. So I'm going on Space Mountain. And I'm I'm guessing I'm alone on this one because I don't think four year old <laughs> Tony is going on. Space so Mountain. I'll, you, you so yeah, this is like therapy for me. So I can tell you, I have a very vivid experience of my brother and my dad running to go to Space Mountain, where my mom basically kept me and her from going, and I was scared of roller coasters. For I'm still not the biggest fan, and. I think part of that comes from being so, oh, it's, and nobody knew there's no YouTube videos about a roller coaster type attraction. So, no, I don't think you should go on. I think you might be scared. I remember I didn't go on real Space Mountain Tobs in seventh grade because I was scared of it because I remember at, 
a little kid, like, no, that's too scary for you. And so I remember sitting down and watching them run off, not jealous, just, oh, I guess I'm not supposed to go on that. Right. <laughs> so anyways, I had to, I mean, this has been a great therapy for me guys. Good. Thank you. And for the listeners. Mm-hmm. But, um, and so instead of that, we're going to go on monorail to Disneyland hotel and return. I will always go on the monorail. I love it. And I love that you left and then could come back. And we talked about, um, the future with, um, the people mover. And then of course this, and then 77, I can't wait for these to show when I'm an adult, they're going to be all over the place. And I just still love the monorail to this mm-hmm. day. Oh, it's iconic to the Disney parks. What are you doing, Michael? I'm walking all the way across the park down to the corner of it. I'm going to bear country and I am, uh, picking and a grinning or whatever with that country bear jamboree and stomping my feet and clapping my hands and, you know, enjoying that real old country rhythm. Cause this is the, this is the, this is the big country bear jamboree. This is our, um, you know, with all the dialogue and everything in it. So, and um, I loved it. I miss this attraction at Disneyland. So I am going to enjoy it. I I will be right there alongside you and, uh, you know, uh, losing my mind when Big Al comes out towards the end because he <laughs> is an American icon that not enough people appreciate. And hopefully one day they will. But, yeah, I will be I'll be right there, right there with you. I, I love it in Magic Kingdom, but. I don't know. It's even though we still have it to this day in Magic Kingdom, I feel like I know more people in California that have a a close attachment to Country Bear Jamboree. So uh, even though ours, you know, ours is uh, an important piece of Magic Kingdom, I feel like there's there's a longingness and there was there was a a, almost a cultish uh, attachment to it in California that would have been cool to see see way back then and see see crowds mm-hmm. in there so i'd be i'd be there with you but tony what do you have i'll be there too <laughs> because i still love it now and maybe now you've explained why i love it now and magic kingdom probably because being a californian i loved it and you know the thing about it was that it's in the perfect setting there mm-hmm. i just i think it fit, it's i think it's placed better in, it was placed better in Disneyland than it is in Magic Kingdom because mm-hmm. they're bears and it's wooded and everything was themed correctly. Yeah, I love Country Bear Jamboree. It's yeah, yeah. No, I. That's one of the big things that people have been talking about right now. With once they announced Splash Mountain and everything that followed with that, it's like, well, does Country Bear Jamboree make sense? A bunch of Florida bears sitting in a frontier land setting because uh, you know it's there's nothing frontier about florida so i don't know why they left florida and and went to the west to to put on their show but i i don't know maybe there's backstory there that i'm missing in this show maybe crawled out of the swamps and bayous <laughs> <laughs> sure uh michael what's your your second choice well, I'm heading right next door to New Orleans Square, and I am going on the Haunted Mansion. And, um, you know, one of my favorite top attractions is, you know, 
I go on it multiple times every time I go to any Disney theme park. And I love it in all its iterations. This is the original, though. I I, I, I love its setting as well with the Spanish moss-like trees. And it just seems so eerie, you know, with the, its landscaping and its, you know, all the ironwork on the front and and all that so i i love this attraction so i'm going on the haunted mansion and you know the, it was the front it was very different you know in those days you walked more directly up to it mm-hmm. than um you do now uh, is four-year-old tony brave enough for a haunted mansion uh no <laughs> no he, he's gonna go on jungle cruise nice because it's got everything you need. It's got animals. Four-year-olds love animals. It's a boat, which is exciting. Um, I know we lived in Michigan, but I don't remember any water experiences. Still, even when I lived in California, my parents never went to the beach. So obviously that would have been exciting. Jungle Cruise. And um, and it's funny. I mean, I don't know if I would have gotten the jokes at age four. Maybe I was a little advanced and appreciated them. But um yeah, the Jungle Cruise definitely. I, I, and I, it's funny now that I when I when I highlighted it as one of my rides. I, one of the things I love about doing, you guys invited me to do these shows is it makes me analyze the ride, and realize the good pieces of it that you sometimes take for granted. Mm-hmm. So like the fact that Jungle Cruise has a little bit of everything, all in one. So definitely Jungle Cruise. Oh yeah. It's a great, great choice. I uh, unfortunately for me, I didn't get enough singing in Country Bear Jamboree, so I'm going to uh, stay in Adventureland, uh, close to Tony, but just just a little bit down the way, so I can sing with a bunch of birds in the Enchanted Tiki Room and just absorb absorb that attraction and wish that I had a chance to experience the full original show in in all its glory with Offenbach and and mm-hmm. everything that that consisted of that so uh, but yeah I need to you know I'm my entire day has been spent around besides the canoes of sitting for as long as points that I can and uh, so I feel like Enchanted Tiki Room would would continue that trend of being able to just plant it and enjoy and in this case also sing so that's my my choice on there. Michael, what about you? Well, I'm in New Orleans Square, so I'm going to just keep on going, and I'm going on Pirates of the Caribbean, which is, you know, usually my, my top attraction, my favorite attraction. It Sometimes it flips with Haunted Mansion or something or another or it's a small world but no pirates of the caribbean again this is the original version of pirates before they've made all the changes and additions and and all of that so the the pirates are chasing the women and there's the auction scene and and the original dialogue and music and um so i'm definitely going on that this awed me when i was a little boy and and it still does to this day in all the different versions around the world. It's a good choice. I'll just say, uh, even though we haven't finished Tony's third choice, I'm also there with you on pirates of the Caribbean. So, and for all the reasons that you said it, minus the fact that, you know, I, 
never been on 1977, but I do, I do like the pre-changes that I knew before even like Jack Sparrow that is just all just normal to people nowadays, which I will never get over that they think <laughs> they think Jack Sparrow is normal and was always there. It's just wild. But uh, Tony, your third choice. Well, I appreciate that you're valuing, valuing the fact that I have a Magic Kingdom Club passport and I can go on as many rides as I want. But I have done three. I did the monorail, Country Bear Jamboree and Jungle Cruise. Oh, but this so is I'm four. That's right. Sorry, you're fourth. Yeah. But so. I have the Magic Kingdom Club, so I can go on whatever I want. But um, <laughs> hard. But um, so, and I think I talked about this earlier. And then we're going to get into more some 70s stuff. But Pirates of the Caribbean, my brother and I went on it when my parents were eaten. And now that I think about it, I was maybe four and my brother was maybe 10. And they're like, yeah, go ahead, go. Because it was no big deal. You're at Disneyland. It's no problem. I don't think that would have happened in present day. But I do value that memory. And uh, my brother and I, since he was so much old, he was six years older, so we didn't do a lot of things together. But now that I'm reliving this piece, that's like the perfect age where we're still okay. Do And at Disneyland where we can do stuff together. But Pirates of the Caribbean will always be a great I better not say always because who knows what they eventually change it to, but is a great ride. And I'm going to say always. So definitely Pirates of the Caribbean with two latchkey kids just going off on their own. (laughs) Parents having no idea where they're going. (laughs) Uh, Michael, hand us off. My my final one, well, Craig, I am also going to the Enchanted Tiki Room. And 1977 would have been the first time I've seen it. Because I was 21, and we I never got to go into this when I was younger because my my aunts, when they needed a break from all of us, and and they left us with, you know, the men folk, um, they would say, oh, we're going to go into the Enchanted Tiki Room. And I said once, well, I want to go too. And they said, oh, no, it's for adults only. And in my head, I thought we had a tiki bar in our neighborhood where I was growing up, and it was called Trader Sam's. And I could see some of the same decorations on the outside of the Enchanted Tiki Room. So I assumed it was a bar. So the first time I went with a friend in college, I was 21, we went to Disneyland, and I told him, oh, let's let's go in here. I've been wanting to go in here. And I was, and I was shocked. <laughs> I, was, I thought that it was a um, it was a show and all that. So, um, yeah, so I and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And um, so this is one of my I never miss attractions That's, when I go to Disneyland. It's hilarious. I like that we had the sentimental from Tony and then you tell us one of the funniest stories I've ever heard. About That's Disney the greatest. I know. Like, so what's going on in there? It's so adult. I can't wait to see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, well, that was a lot of fun. Have we, did everybody do their fourth? Yep. I believe we did. That is great. Well, that this is our salute to 65 happy and magical years of Disneyland. The sad thing is, is that Disneyland is not open for its 65th anniversary. So, um, so hopefully when they do open, it'll be in their 65th year so that they can do their 
usual 19-month celebration or whatever, 24-month <laughs> celebration of it. So, but um, And then we'll look forward to the 70th. <laughs> so hopefully we'll all still be here for that. But now it's time. We looked back on Disneyland. Now it's time to look back on what happened this week in Disney history. Okay, well, since we have Tony with us today, we're going to do our our other our other um, version of this week in Disney history, where we're going to have our competition to see who um, who I'm, who I'm waiting with breath. here. Excellent sarcasm there, so I can be embarrassed, but that's okay. Oh, you anything for the show. Thanks. Uh, All right. Well, I'm going to run through for for folks who might not know and refresh our memories. I'm going to run through the rules. Uh, It's three points if you choose to not hear the multiple choice options. So you'll get three points for a correct answer. If you choose to hear the multiple choice options, you will receive two points for a correct answer. If you ask me to remove an incorrect option, you will receive one point for a correct answer. If you correctly answer the question after your opponent answers the question incorrectly, you will receive one point. Now, some questions may have opportunities to earn bonus points. You can earn one point for each bonus question answered correctly. In the event of a tie, there will be a tiebreaker question. You may find having a pencil and paper nearby helpful for the tiebreaker question. Okay. So I'm just jotting down your names here so I can keep track and hopefully keep track of when you steal them and all that. Okay, there are eight questions to make this even. So the last one is just sort of a miscellaneous um, question. Okay, so, um, Tony, since you're our guest, I give you the option of either choosing to receive the first question or passing it on to Craig. I'm going to pass. Okay. I need to get my feet under me. Okay, so Craig, this is for July 12th. Walt Disney's live-action film Treasure Island, starring Robert Newton in the role of Long John Silver and based on the book by Robert Louis Stevenson, is released in the United States and the United Kingdom on July 12th, 1950. What short was also released on this day? I will take multiple choice, please. Okay. Was it A, True Life Adventure, Beaver Valley, or in Beaver Valley? B, The Brave Little Tailor, which was a re-release? C, Pests of the West, starring Pluto? Or D, True Life Adventure, Nature's Half Acre? Are there two True Life Adventures? There are two True Life Adventures on this list, yes. Okay. Well, that makes it tougher for me because the one that jumped out at me was the first one, and I guess I lost track that there was a second one at the bottom. So I'm going to still stick with that first one and go with the very first one, the true life adventures, nature Valley or whatever. Oh, Be- it was Beaver Valley. Beaver Valley. Yeah, you combine both of them. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You are correct. Oh, I got true. so lucky. 
True Life Adventure Beaver Valley, and it's about a two-year-old beaver who sets forth into the wide world to establish a home with a young widow beaver and her baby. And it will win the Academy Award for Best Two Real Short Subject. Very good. So that's a point for you, Tony. got lucky. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So July 20th. This is for you, Tony. The Disneyland, this Disneyland attraction debuted on July 20th, 1955. It has the distinction of being the first permanent attraction to close. What is the name of this attraction? Permanent attraction to close. As listeners are going, we know this one. I will take multiple choice. Okay. Is it A, Space Station X, B, Monsanto Hall of Chemistry, C, Tomorrowland Boats, or D, Rocket to the Moon? Oh, man. Okay. I don't, I'm 90% sure it's not Rocket to the Moon. Monsanto had so much stuff, right? Because I remember, I think, the House of Tomorrow. So can you repeat, is it Space Station X? And what was the other, the, the third one? And well, it, okay, it was A Space Station X, B Monsanto mm-hmm. Hall of Chemistry, and C Tomorrowland Boats. I'm gonna say, but I've never even heard of the Tomorrowland Boats. And it says permanently closed, so the boats that I went on at age four doesn't don't count. I don't know why there would be boats in Tomorrowland. I'm gonna go with Tomorrowland Boats. Final answer? Yes. You are correct. It's the Tomorrowland Boats, later named the Phantom Boats. They debuted in Disneyland's Tomorrowland Lagoon. The attraction featured 14 brightly painted gas-powered fiberglass boats. Uh, Their poor mechanical design will cause the ride to be the park's first permanent attraction to close. So very good. That's two points. That brings you up to three points. This is the best I've ever done. I've only done it one at a time, but still. Okay. It helps to write stuff down. It does. <laughs> Good. I've learned that too in my many years as being a student. <laughs> okay. So now it is three to zero, but Craig, here's where you can catch up. Okay. On July 21st, at a press conference on the Empress Lily at Downtown Disney Marketplace in Walt Disney World on July 21st, 1986. Disney CEO Michael Eisner announces plans for a new addition to the resort. What will it be called? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and do multiple choice. Okay. Is it A, Disney's Animal Kingdom, B, Pleasure Island, D, Disney Saratoga Springs Resort and Spa, or D, Disney Institute? I think just based on the year and the location, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Pleasure Island. Final answer? Yeah, yeah. You are correct. It is Pleasure Island. Construction will begin on Pleasure Island in August and officially open in May 1989. So excellent. So Craig, you're catching up. You, You have two points to Tony's three. Okay, Tony, back to you for July 22nd. Floyd Gottfredson, the man who gave Mickey Mouse his comic strip personality, passed away at his Southern California home at age 81 on July 22nd, 
1986. He was hired in December 1929 to take over drawing the four-month-old comic strip. Who scripted and drew the comic strip for the first four months? Go ahead and multiple choice me. Okay, was it A, Carl Banks, who later created the Donald Duck comic strip? B, Les Clark, one of the original animators of the Mickey Mouse cartoons? C, Roy Williams, an animator who would go on to be the big musketeer in the Mickey Mouse Club? Or D, Walt Disney and Ub Iwerks, the creators of Mickey Mouse and Steamboat Willie? I'm just going to go with Walt Disney and Iwerks. You are correct. It was Walt Disney and Ub Iwerks, but they did not have the time for doing the comic strip. So they hired Floyd Gottfriedson. Right. Very good. Okay. Okay. So, Tony, you are up to five. Craig, over to you. Two points, but... You can still easily catch up. Okay, this is July 23rd. It is reported on July 23rd, 2003, that for the first time, Walt Disney theme parks and attractions will run national TV ads about a single attraction. What attraction will this new campaign be about? Um, okay. I'm just going to do multiple choice. Okay. Is it A, Aladdin, a musical spectacular at Disney's California Adventure? B, Mission Space at Epcot? C, the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror at Disney's California Adventure? Or D, Stitch's Great Escape at the Magic Kingdom? So, heard to be, you said it was national? It was uh, a national TV ad. Okay. So, yeah. So, for it to be national, I feel like it has to be on the world side. Nothing against Disneyland. I just, mm-hmm. I feel like you see world further out since more people will, more people seem to travel cross country even for world than, than they do for land. But mm-hmm. so, with that being said, I don't remember any commercials or anything for Stitch's Great Escape, nor does it ever deserve anything. So <laughs> I'm going to whittle it down to to Mission mission Space for that. Okay. Yeah, the company's new campaign will be centered around Epcot's thrilling attraction, Mission Space, which will begin operation August 15th. Very good. So you got two points there. So I you, was going to, if I had a choice, I was going to go with California Adventure because it was so, they needed something so bad that, and they really quickly put up Tower of Terror. I was like, that, I was going on that. That was where my train of thought was going. Yeah. That's why I put that in there, but it opened a year later. <laughs> See, you're, I know you're tough. So, I stopped anyway, process. Very good. Craig. Well, Craig, Craig's catching up to you, Tony. He's only one point behind. Okay. Okay. Feel the pressure. Okay. So for July 24th, Tony. Walt Disney made his last major public appearance at Disneyland on July 24th, 1966. What was, um, why was he at the park? Multiple choice. Okay. Was it A, for the opening of It's a Small World? B, the opening of Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln? C, the dedication of New Orleans Square? 
or D, publicity photos of Walt with Mickey Mouse? Well, that, it sounded like I had a good idea. And then those choices, you must have been the toughest test creator for your kids as a teacher. Because <laughs> they all sound great. I don't know. Okay, I swear he died before Small World Open. I don't know why I think that. But for some reason, that's what I think. Um, hmm. Let's go great moments with Mr. Lincoln. Final answer. It's wrong, probably, okay. but that's what I'm going to go with. You're correct. It's wrong. <laughs> oh, oh, you got me. <laughs> All right. Craig, over to you. Was was Walt's last major public appearance at Disneyland for the opening of It's a Small World, the dedication of New Orleans Square, or to take publicity photos with Mickey Mouse? I'm trying to think back. I I think it's for the dedication of New Orleans Square. You are absolutely correct. Yeah, the New Orleans answer. Square area opens at Disneyland California with a ceremony presided over by Walt Disney and the real mayor of New Orleans, Victor Shiro. The three-acre site, the first new themed land added to Disneyland. After its 1955 opening, it cost $18 million to build. New Orleans Square is the only land at the Magic Kingdom to debut without a single attraction. Oh, Although filled with shops and restaurants, the Pirates of the Caribbean and Haunted Mansion attractions won't open until 1967 and 1969. And taking part on this day's dedication is the Firehouse 5 Plus 2, the Dixieland Jazz Band, led by animator Ward Kimball, and the Disneyland ambassador, Connie Swanson. And sadly, due to his failing health, this will turn out to be Walt's last major public appearance in the park. Okay. So, Craig, that brings you up to tie. Okay. Now with Tony, five to five. Okay. Hey. And now here's where you can you can come out ahead for July twenty fifth. The first woman ever hired by Walt Disney Imagineering in a creative rather than an office capacity, passed away at age 79 on July 21st, 2008. What is her name? Oh, is this both of us? This is Craig. Oh, okay. Um, I know we just covered her recently in a show, um, so I don't even need multiple choice on this one. It's Harriet Burns. That is absolutely correct. Harriet Burns. We had her daughter on the show a while back. Was uh, this your way to get me in trouble for not listening? Is that, is that what that was? <laughs> Disney legend Harriet Burns. For 31 years, she helped design and build prototypes for theme park attractions as well as final products featured at Disneyland and the New York World's Fair of 1964. She was at Disneyland's July 17th debut in 1955. Even though she retired in 1986, she stayed active in the Disney community and was a frequent guest at Disney and fan-organized events. For many years, Harriet Burns was the only woman to have a window on Disneyland's Main Street USA until Alice Davis received hers. And Harriet Burns's window reads, The Artisan's Loft Handmade Miniatures by Harriet Burns. And it's located above the Carriage Place Clothing Company. 
Okay. All right. So um, eight to five. So Tony, you've got some catching up to do now. Yeah, was this is your last. last. This is your last one. No, you could still do it. You could tie. Okay. And then we could get that tiebreaker in, which uh, I didn't open up, so I have to go in, in my records and open it up. This is the miscellaneous question. Okay. What song is the old man who's sitting on a porch of a shack playing on his banjo as you pass him by in pu- the bayou of Pirates of the Caribbean? What song is he playing? I can hear it, but I don't. I need the, the choices. Okay, is it A? The Star-Spangled Banner, B, Yo-Ho, A Pirate's Life for Me, C, O, Susanna, or D, Dixie? O, Susanna. That's correct. It is O, Susanna. But he's the tune is played at a much lower tempo to yeah. set the mood of the bayou. But, Tony, there's a bonus question. Okay. There's actually two. Where else can you find this same old man? Really? Okay. He's not at the end trying to get the key, like asking for the, uh, he's not, uh, my guess is at the end trying to get the keys from the dog. That's my guess, but I'm sure that's, that's my guess. That is incorrect. Okay. Craig? Do you want to try this bonus question? Where else can you find this same old man? I believe I do because I know this because I believe I just experienced it the other day. And it is on our Rivers of America and Walt Disney World and Magic Kingdom off to the left-hand side just past Big Thunder Mountain. And I did not remember him being there. And I passed and I was like, what? He's rocking the same way. And he is. Oh, we talked about this on the show. I think we had Jim Corcus on and we talked about it, right? And he's dressed the same way mm-hmm. and he sits in a rocking chair on the porch of his shack holding a pipe. And Craig, there's one more bonus question. And Tony, if he doesn't get it, it'll go over to you. What's the man's name? <laughs> Give it to Tony. <laughs> okay, yeah. Tony. I don't know. Do I have choices? <laughs> no. No, you oh, just yeah, have I to know. know. I'm going to say Bob because that's no. my generic white guy answer. No, but he has his, his name is Beacon Joe. But not a oh, wow. That's his name at the Magic Kingdom because there are lights at his shack. Okay. So I it, I could not find out if he has the same name over at um, Pirates of the Caribbean at Disneyland. But he's known as Beacon Joe in the Rivers of America at the Magic Kingdom. Well, you know, this wasn't too bad. Craig, you have nine, but Tony, you have seven. Yeah, I'm, I'm very, very happy with well. my performance, so I'm okay. Excellent. Yeah, good job there. Okay. I'm, now I'm, ju- I'm upset that I can't go to Magic Kingdom and look at – I mean, I can finagle it, but I, I now I want to go see Peek and Joe. Yeah. Well, and hey, then you'll, it's also you'll get what back. makes Disney so great. Mm-hmm. Like, that's exact, like, that's exactly it right there. That you got the same guy and those details. Oh, yeah. oh there's there's a whole lot of trivia questions like that. <laughs> That's interesting. But I might use them. So I can't I can't go into it. But uh, anyway, great job. Okay, well, 
Tony, thank you for celebrating Disneyland's 65th anniversary with us by going back to Disneyland when for a lot of people that was still Disneyland was in its prime. The Space Mountain was open, the the new Tomorrowland that well, Walt's Tomorrowland, the World yeah. of Motion, World on the Move was still operating. Uh, you know, it was um, it was before all the renovations and changes. I mean, you really, really felt Walt, you know, in the park. His, his fingerprints were still all over it because everything they were building was still were, were still attractions that were in the planning stages when Walt was alive. Nice. And uh, so it, it was a great time to visit the park. So thank you for joining us. And thank you for inviting me. As always, I will always do these episodes. I mean, you could just do every episode. Be okay. Now we're in 1978 January. Now we're 1978 February, and then I, <laughs> I, I do it all the time. But I appreciate yeah. you bringing me back, and I love it. So thank you. Well, I lucked out because I did have these ticket books in my collection. They were a wedding gift from our oh, best wow. man, and I. Um, it's getting harder and harder now to find, you know, people who write about these ticket books and know, okay, the, how many they'll, they'll have like the front of a photo of the ticket book, but they don't go in and talk about, you know, how many A tickets, how many B tickets, how many C tickets, yeah. all that. So anyway, but there were a couple of websites that were helpful and that was Jan's world. She has a nice little site on, sort of Disneyland history and then the Disney dreamer, uh, the Disney timeline and the, and Craig will have links to those in our show notes. So, uh, so Tony, is there anything else you want to share with our, our guests, our audience? Well, sure. I think it's crazy that out of all the times you decide to come ask me to go to Disneyland, I'm going to be moving back out West. So I will be going back to Disneyland whenever it opens again, uh, be moving to Northern California and a permanent teaching job. So I'm excited to get back to Disneyland. I will always miss Disney world, but um, I'll go back as much as I can, but I'm excited to maybe even meet up with some of our old listeners and the crew and everyone and go back and go back to Disneyland. So yeah. I'm excited. When we were talking before the show, yeah, uh, Tony's not going to be far from me. And it's like he's going to be my next door neighbor. It'll be a bit of a drive, but means we can go to the Walt Disney Family Museum together. Yeah. And um, yeah, maybe even go to Disneyland together. I'm excited. We'll have to get the old Disneyland podcast crew back together when the park opens up again. Yes. I need to let the other, some of the other members know. Some of yeah. the members know, and I got a couple others. I got to let them know, but I will. And I'm excited. Just and tell actually, Nancy. Craig, t- yeah. Just tell I, Nancy. Well, I know, see if, if I would have told Nancy first, every, <laughs> if I would have told her last week, I'm thinking of getting a job, everybody would have known. And then yep. the principal would have said, oh, yeah, Nancy contacted me all about you. But yes. um, <laughs> the the talking about it got me excited to go back to Disneyland. Just, uh, of course, and now we can't, but – Disneyland versus Magic Kingdom, where I've been for the last four or five years. So, well, I have plans to go in December. So, if um, if the park is open, I'm going. We'll have to talk. Yes. So, Craig, until next time, how can our listeners connect with you? 
Of course, you can find me on all of the random shows that I'm on, the Diz Unplugged Podcast Network, but then always on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Teleclaster. Michael, what about you? You can send me messages at michael at wdwinfo.com. Twitter, I'm at mbowling121. Facebook, I'm Michael Bowling. Instagram, Michael Bowling the Diz. And you can connect with me and Craig on Twitter at ConnectingWalt. If you would like to listen to more shows on the history of Walt Disney, his studio, his Imagineers, and Disneyland, check out our Disneyland podcast archives for my Disney history episodes in the link that Craig includes in our show notes or at disunplugged.com. And look for past episodes of Connecting with Walt on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, where you can subscribe to our show and leave some positive reviews and ratings when possible. So thank you for making us a part of your day. And remember, I only hope that we don't lose sight of one thing, that it was all started by a man, Walt Disney, and his brother Roy. (laughs) 